Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, welcome back. It's my mate bought a toaster, and literally this week, it is a mate of mine. Actually, to be fair, the last few weeks have been mates, so I haven't got a very exciting um, guest list. I just get my friends on, who happen to be exciting, brilliant people. For EG, Mr. Robin Morgan, wonderful comedian and uh, comedy writer, and lovely glasses wearer, and as we can hear in the background, father of two children. Yeah, can you actually hear them? Oh yeah, but loving that. It's it's a bit of colour to the recording, Robin. We love that. Oh good, but I think I think the colour is currently that I'm in my bedroom recording a podcast while my wife is struggling with two children. So that's 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 the vibe I think we're pushing at the moment. <laughs> that is becoming the new source of tension in our uh, my marriage. The whole just going upstairs to record a podcast is almost a new euphemism for wanking my career away. Sure. Okay, good. Well, you know, maybe you could, that that is a that is a new podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's what this is. Um, how is lockdown with two very young? Remind us what your child setup is, Robin. So my son is three, nearly three yeah. and a half. And my daughter is nine months old. Okay. Um, so it's preschool age, which means that I don't need to do any uh, homeschooling. So it's just hey, Dougie, nine to five. I um, like hey, Dougie. And it's great to see Alexander Armstrong getting some work as well. That's I know. What I love bless about him. Bless him. <laughs> um so yeah it's 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 good they're they're of a fun age if not it's it i mean i'm so fucking tired okay good so this is a good illustration of why i love robin morgan because he is resolutely positive now in the face (laughs) of this to bear in mind i've known robin for about best part of nearly 10 years probably by now maybe a bit less but um at the beginning of knowing you i just had my eldest son um and i spent the first few years just moaning and whining and whinging and just making robin realize how awful it is and now robin's going through exactly the same thing and he's trying to make it sound good but you have got a three, so three and a half and nine month old. Beth and I sat down the other day and we tried to work out what is the worst child setup to have during lockdown. And that is literally it. Because you've got a baby who doesn't really play with the older one. So you've got to look after the baby. And then you've got the older one who's just at an age, anything over three. They want friends. They want life outside the house. And you can't quite explain what's going on. So Robin, you've got the worst combo we've decided. Thank you so much. That's really kind. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the, the gorgeous thing, I mean, like you, I think you're right. But equally with a three-year-old, we're in lockdown. He's got no, he's got no friends. He's not allowed to leave the house. So it's, no. it's just us. Oh god! But you're his friends. That I mean, that makes it even more exhausting. I'm his Just... best mate. It's great. Oh well, it's nice that you finally got a friend. To be honest, yeah, that's exactly. Really I good. thought this—that's what this podcast was. <laughs> Find a friend. Um, so this podcast is find out the truth about Robin Morgan by diving into your Amazon purchase history. It's a catchy title for a podcast. Um, so uh, we go back to the beginning. Now, 2010 was when you first made orders on Amazon. That's when you opened your account anyway. But um, interestingly, you made no order, zero orders placed in 2010. Oh, that's interesting. So maybe I just sort of made an account to kind of um, 
impress someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the cool kids were doing it. Log into your Amazon. Um, so 2010 would have been either my final year of uni or I just graduated. Okay. Uh, all right, all right. So I was in the process of uh, trying to move to London. Signed Where were you? Where did you live at this stage? Cardiff Uni. Yeah. And then uh, was had a, had a room and deposit paid for a room in a flat in uh, Tooting. Mm. And then pulled out 10 days before uh, right. because I was fully in my overdraft, had no job yeah. uh, and thought it was unwise and also was in a six month relationship with my now wife. And that almost certainly would have ended. God. So proper cross, God. cross crossroads thing. And I really thank Amazon for helping me with it. <laughs> for making you stay, stay where you were. Wow, okay. Well, no orders were made, but you were spending all your time browsing. Imagine using Amazon as some sort of 2010 Instagram. You know, instead of hanging out with your friends, you're just hanging out with products. Well, maybe I was just using it to search for affordable rent in London. And just didn't yeah. know what the website was. It's the one thing Amazon hasn't got. Fucking hell. How long, um, when, did it, when did it start? Amazon, late 90s is when you see the really? first orders. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had, um, uh, Matt Green has got the earliest so far, because it's an archaeological dig, this show. Uh, Matt Green bought a book about Martin Amos in 1999. <laughs> sure. um, but also, Jen Brister uh, bought a book about coming out in 1999 as well. So, because Jen, Brist- Jen Brister's actually a lesbian, I don't know if you knew that. When did she come out? Around 1999, around Oh, okay, then. finished yeah, the book, she- and then... Yeah, she put the book down and went, holy shit. Man. <laughs> I think I like, I think I like, girl. no, not man, girls. Sure. Girls. <laughs> Um, well, 2011, May 2011, 25th of May, you finally, you dive into Amazon and you go shopping. Um, you get One Day by David Nichols. That's a great book, isn't it? I love that book. Uh, never read it. Oh, dude. Oh, I mean, again, this is a running theme in this show. The number of times I say, oh, this is good. And, and the guest just goes, no, mate, just bought it on Amazon. I think might, it's, as, um, might as well have put it in a bin. I mean, I, I literally picked it up a couple of days ago because we were unpacking stuff for the house we just moved into. So it's, yeah. it's currently sat in a stack of books. Almost certainly none of them I've read. Um, oh. But because but, I read on my Kindle now. So yes, like, yes. It, lo- it looks nice in all these Zoom meetings. It looks very impressive when everyone's got those bookshelves. But it's just like, come on, mate. Just pop we, one Kindle up on a bare bookshelf. What you should do, bare bookshelf sounds like a I got a I got bare bookshelves, <laughs> bro. What you should do is um, take a screenshot of your Kindle of the thing because you know the 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 image of your Kindle bookshelf, the digital bookshelf is quite nice now. They've made it look quite user friendly. It looks quite pretty. Take a screenshot of that and use that as your Zoom background. Oh, that's a nice idea. I've just been writing books on MS Paint and just sort of putting that behind me. <laughs> books well you bought lots of books you bought um one day which you haven't read kill your friends by john niven which you i have read that i have read that he's brilliant john niven he'd be a good guest on this actually well, well let's not try and sort of book other people while i'm still on the <laughs> sorry <podcast now. laughs> there's a day there was a danger in the intonation there he'd be a good guest <laughs> Um, and The Dice Man by Luke Reinhardt. Now, someone bought me The Dice Man, and I've never read it. So have you read uh, it? No, my uh, my best friend uh, was telling me about it. I think at one point he was living, trying to live his life like it, like by mm. rolling a dice and things. And I really like things like Yes Man and that kind of idea. Um, yes. So uh, I think I yeah bought it. I haven't unpacked that in the move, so that I've almost certainly borrowed that. I lent that to somebody, and it has gone missing. It's a nice idea, though, that you roll, you you, you know, lead your life rolling a dice. The, the problem I've got with it is that rarely can I think of six different options for things. Yeah, right? that's true. I mean, <laughs> go out. Oh, that's one of the other ones. Um, <laughs> go out for longer. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Leave my wife. Oh, God, I've rolled a three. <laughs> Sorry, Bye, Beth, darling. it was a three. You can't argue with it. Well, it's a good job you weren't playing this game in 2010 when you just started seeing Jen, because otherwise your children wouldn't exist. Well, exactly. So 2000, when did you say the first order was? May May 2011. So yeah. I would have just moved, in, moved into a flat with Jen. That was sort of like April 2011. You shacked up very young together, didn't you? Uh, yeah, and we weren't even Christian or pregnant. <laughs> you just liked each just other. Just liked each other, just the just the just the weird way. That's so weird. Imagine, imagine that's so modern. But like, we we both graduated in 2010, and then, like I said, I was going to move to London and didn't. So we stayed dating, and then I wanted to move out of my parents' house, um, and Jen said, "Well, we can move in together." And it honestly hadn't even crossed my mind that I could live with a girl. I was like, "Well, I'll just move in with one of my like my shit yeah. house male friends." And she was like, yeah. "Oh no, we could get a place together." And so we would have been like 21. Yeah. God, did you ever sort of consciously think? That you'd you'd jump into uh, domesticity like that so quickly because I always knew I did. I, I Beth and I moved in together when I was twenty two, I think, so pretty much the same ish age, and I just knew I wanted to do that. I didn't. I was not very good at flatmates and blokes everywhere. I just wanted to be with just me and someone else in a relationship. That was all I wanted, really. Uh, yeah, I think blokes everywhere is something that uh, sounds quite fun. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I know I, I did. When it wasn't a plan in any way, I just kind of like went with the flow with stuff mm. um but we i always wanted kids quite young did you why um i think vividly because i remember my dad telling me one day that he couldn't play football with me anymore because his back hurt and i was like well this is not okay this is bullshit oh. um so uh, i was like well i'm gonna have kids young so i can play football all the time and now i say to my son oh I'm, my back hurts so I, just, <laughs> so, so I don't think it's age i think it's having children and bending over yeah. constantly so all i've done now is push that pain forward about a decade yeah 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 that's all exactly right you can have kids at 16 but you'll still be a 45 year old within a year yeah that totally. is exactly what happens. birkenstocks at 18 oh my god we had jen brister last week double birkenstocks really not for no, second and third purchase. Came out, Birkenstocks. <laughs> Basically how it went, yeah. Um, all right, let's skip ahead to 2012 now, okay. uh, Robin. And we've got some classic My Mate Bought a Toaster. Some old friends of the show. An HDMI cable. Oh, yes, please. Um, a mini DVI to VGA adapter cable for Apple Mac. I mean, this is absolutely lovely. That's all you bought. 2012, buy cables. Sure. Put that in your autobiography. It was, it was a big cable, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that would be, uh, yes, yeah, so I'd have just got a, a new TV which I've only just replaced in the last week. So that stayed with me for eight years. That's quite oh, good, isn't it? Yeah, that is... For, yeah, and that's a responsible use of, you know, precious metals and non-renewable things. Quite right, too. Thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, that would have been... Um, I know exactly why the, what the... Connect, basically, I wanted to connect my Mac to my TV because I was making a lot of music in garage band at the time. Oh, yeah, and yeah. my friends and I had all graduated and all worked at the Glee Comedy Club. I basically hired all my friends. Right. Um, so we used to uh, hang out on my flat, day drinking, rapping into garage bands. Oh, God. Oh, I just bristled with cringe. Yeah, keep going. There are... About six or seven songs that we made that we'll never see the light of day. Oh, no, please. Can we listen to what a little bit? Um, I, 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 
No. <laughs> for, for, um, I'm not sure if, if you know what the phrase cancelled means, but I would be cancelled. Oh. Um, well, but, yes, but But one, yes. thing, uh, one thing I do remember is that um, we were quite pissed and uh, it was when the phrase YOLO was quite sort of fresh, quite new. Mm, so mm. I thought, thought it would be really funny to pitch uh, an idea to YOLO Abdavid, the Welsh um, explorer <laughs> presenter. Basically just that like, I didn't really realize what twitter was back then i just tweeted him saying just like hey it'd be really funny if you presented this idea and he replied saying um ha 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 you should be a comedian and i was like oh okay and then we, we spent the next two days writing a rap about yellow up david and how the the earth is our one shot and we've got to protect the planet and sent it to him Aww. and he never responded <laughs> That's amazing. So it's it's because of Yellow Up David that you became a comedian. So we've got him to thank. I think so, but I, but but then I think I was, I was doing like open mic gigs up until that point. But um, right, right. But arguably was not a comedian. Arguably, I'm still not. Mate, can we let's just lay the blame firmly at Yellow Up David? That's feet. fine. I think that was what. But also, I like the idea of you uh, determinedly sort of. You know, you've got on one hand, you've got this domesticity, and you've grown up, and you're thinking about kids, but at the same time, you're day drinking and you're, you're making uh, rap music by with your new band, Me Too. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, great. yeah. Well, exactly. I think I think that's. I think stand up has definitely allowed me to sort of settle down earlier because I still have the kind of. Um, I'm still out most weekends. Like I don't. I, I hated nightclubs and things. Mm. Um, so I never really enjoyed the going outside of it, but I get I still get to experience that and the kind of um, dicking around and being silly yes. for my job. And I think that's helped. And also the fact that me and Jen don't have we're ships in the night occasionally. So I think it does keep things relatively fresh. I was about to say keep things exciting. Yeah, spicy. OK, I see. Yeah. I see. Oh, quickly under the stairs. Let's go. No, I no, I, I know exactly what you mean as well. And this is a, it's an interesting. It's counterintuitive because you think stand ups are crazy rock and roll, and loads of stand ups are. But there's a huge number of us who settle down really early because by going out and going around and traveling and doing all the stand up, we're sort of exercising that that youthfulness constantly. So we don't really need to do it at home as well. It's like our job is being young idiots. Yeah, totally. And I think you need that kind of um. Uh, that, that someone to ground you as well in like a proper job. Like I never, mm. like my my wife's a teacher, and I think mainly because she knows how to look after immature people. But I think it's, <laughs> but, but a lot of people, a lot of comics date teachers. Um, yes, they do, don't they? It's the, it's the patience. I think so, genuinely. Like, I, like I'm. Sure, I sometimes thought, but oh, it'd be nice if you dated another comic because you sort of knew the industry. But it's it would be dreadful. Awful, awful. I, I, I used to live with two comics who were going out together and they used to sit in the daytime, they'd watch Cash in the Attic and get annoyed when the other one got booked for gigs. It was a disaster. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. Gross, gross, gross. Okay, good. All right, so you're happily married. You're happily out there uh, doing your stand-up thanks to uh, Yolo Abdavid, uh, who changed your life. That's now become the narrative of this show. Sure. Okay, Robin, for the purposes of this. Well, you, well um, genuinely, you, you helped immeasurably in my career, Tom. Oh, I'd like to hear that because I like anything that where I sound good. Yeah, there's, definitely. There's not, enough of, not enough of that. Because we met when, like 2012, 2013. So it would have been around. Yeah. So basically, you uh, writing on your radio show stopped yes. me day drinking. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> Mate, I'm pretty sure you were drinking. Oh, yeah. I was, well, but no, but it's sort of like as soon as we put the script in, then I got on the first E Ferrets. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. I can confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> but you let me live in your house when I moved to London eventually. You Did I? Yeah, I live you in Edinburgh. Did I? Uh, well, I think so. What? Check your Amazon account. Around 2014, there was a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so 2014, when I went to Edinburgh. So I'm, Yes, because Beth went up to her parents. Correct. So, so we were sort of weirdly house-sitting for you 
Um, yes. So for the first two weeks that me and Jen moved to London in 2014, we uh, lived in your lovely house, which gave us a, a, a rather a, 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 a silly sense of what living in London was like. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend uh, is very good friends with Alan Davis, another person who, who you know, he would be a good guest. On this yeah, show. he would. I think so. <laughs> Oh, imagine if you're talking to him right now. Uh, oh, that'd be great. To, I wish I was talking that. to him. <laughs> At least I can do that with you, but there are other guests I've had yeah, on yeah. this series where I've done that, and I thought, oh, that's really rude. <laughs> um, uh, but you're a mate, so it's fine. But uh, he's, he's Alan Davis, friend, um, very good friends of mine, uh, very, very good friends with him, and he's one of the nicest, most generous, ridiculously generous people, right? That is just a fact. And he let her live in his amazing house uh, for about two months when he was away in Australia, years and years and years ago. And she, I mean, a much more uh, uh, exaggerated version of what you had living here. Because this is pretty, I live in a very small house, but Alan Davis had a ridiculously massive house. And she had to live there while her tiny flat was being done up. So she had two months basically living in a palace. And then she had to go back to her tiny, tiny box. Man, it's like sort of your first pad is like being evicted into something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's a depressing beginning. Um, well, you definitely don't have that here. Um, now I'm worried that I made out that I live in a palace. Oh, God, this analogy's gone all wrong. It, it, was, it was shit. Listener, his oh. house is awful and dirty. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, mate. Thanks. No one's, no one's proud to live in a nice house. We're so British. In America, I'd be going, yeah, you're right. And I have a pool, Robin. Tell them about my pool. Do you um, have a paddling pool at the moment? Yeah, we do actually. Oh yeah, we we bought a paddling pool, um, and I I miss bought I miscalculated the uh, dimensions, and now instead of a backyard, we have a back paddling pool. Well, it's that's enormous. fine. Mm. Well, has it got? Is it just a sort of circular thing, or has it got sort of little flare? Has it got sort of quirks to it? It's a it's a it's a rectangle. Okay. It's deep. It's very hard to blow up. I the other day I was trying because it just come. They don't come with little sort of bike pump fittings. It's like a fitting the size of a probably like a tennis ball, like a big round thing. And you've got to find a, a special hook to go on it. And I thought I was pumping up the bottom. I thought the bottom was inflated, and it took me ages and ages and ages until I realised that I was blowing air into the plug hole, which actually was how you get rid of the water. I did exactly the same thing. No! Really? I was there with an electric pump, uh, yes, uh, which then overheated, and uh, spent the majority of the time that it had power for just blowing it into the grass, <laughs> just just warming up the grass on one of the hottest days of the year. Yes, yeah, so I did the other day as well. Oh my god, the, the pitfalls of being an idiot dad. We've done exactly the same thing. And did you have the kids saying, "Daddy, is it ready? Daddy, is it ready?" Oh uh, yeah, I was like, "Yo, and go inside, darling. Go inside to trying to not get too angry, so our new neighbours don't think I'm an awful fucking parent." Yeah, that's something that really uh, I'm very conscious of how I come across as a parent to my neighbours. Now, it's not something that I'm broadcasting. Uh, top dad you know that thing where people do broadcast parenting where they do all their parenting for the benefit of the adults nearby come on darling you know that sort of it's parenting. on the sh- on the tube it's lots isn't it oh darling yes. you, you dropped yes. your chickpeas <laughs> yes it's so disgusting you did that when we went skiing yeah <laughs> um i hate that sort of thing but at the same time being in the garden especially where we are lots and lots of people nearby and when i get annoyed with them and i did have a proper rage the other day ah, like screaming um how are you finding that how do you control the what the what the neighbors are picking up of your abusive relationship with your kids yeah. <laughs> a lovely question thank you <laughs> not a leading question in the slightest um i don't know i think 
It, I mean, it is hard, isn't it? I feel like I have less patience with my daughter than I do with my son, weirdly. But I think yes. this is because my son was getting to the age where he was sleeping through the night and we used to go and have brunch together. Like, mm. it, was, it was... And now uh, my daughter, and I love her dearly, but she sleeps like a prick. And, oh, good, you've got a bad sleeper. Oh, she's awful. She was, gr- oh, she was great yes. at the start, and now we were quite smug. And yes. now it's just gone to shit, mate. So oh, I'm absolutely thrilled because I I remember explaining this to you with Wilfred. He he didn't sleep for more than three hours for the first four years of his life. Yeah, I think that's what we're in at the moment. Oh no! But it's okay because like my son's waking up at quarter past five every morning anyway, so I'm already up, oh. Tom. So don't worry about it. And at, at least live comedy is in good shape at the moment during the lockdown. Well, so that's great. weirdly, I'm glad that it's not. Because can you imagine getting in from like a gig in Barnstaple at 3am and then having to get up in two hours? I mean, I literally can because that's what I did. I did. There was about a year where I was still very heavily doing stand-up and Wilfred was doing that. In fact, more than that, probably about two years. I'll tell you what was strange about that, though, was that my stand-up got immeasurably better because I just didn't give a fuck. I was going on stage on the brink of a nervous breakdown. Sure. Just, and it was falling out my mouth, and um, it it got really good because of it. Did you think that you should just have more and more kids and become like? <laughs> no, oh, no point about oh, it. I will win the Perrier if I become Octo Dad. <laughs> Octo Dad is the great name. Is a great name for a Perrier winning show. That would be really good. Just, there you are. It's just six more kids, mate. You're, it's in your power. It's it's not in my power. It's in my pants, and it's not coming out. That's so what anyway. that's what I call your pants. All right. Okay. <laughs> is that what the book The Power is actually about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pants. Can't face those Twitter notifications? Forgot to watch anything but Netflix? Dreading the video conference small talk at nine? You need a news vitamin, you know. You need the Smart 7. It's a brand new daily podcast that puts your brain into gear. Everything you need to know in less than seven minutes. You need the smarts. Hey, we got the smarts. The Smart 7, every weekday at 7 a.m. Available right now on Spotify and all the usual places. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ooh, I don't want to hear no more crying. Just come on, let me know what you've been buying. All right, let's move on to 2014. Robin Morgan, stand-up comedian, a fantastic writer, and uh, he's buying all sorts of books that he's not reading, um, such as Alan Turing, The Enigma, the book that inspired the film The Imitation I Game. I didn't buy that, that, did I? 
Yeah, you bought that in uh, December 2014. So we're at a Christmas sort of time here. Maybe this is a present. Oh, it could be. I said I've just moved to London. Around that point, just getting engaged, December 2014. Oh, oh well, tell us about that. I mean, is there a good story about getting engaged? Did you maybe build a, an Edinburgh show around it? Slightly did, Tom. Why not? <laughs> I've, tell, I've, I've got nothing but the things that other people have done to my life. <laughs> That's all I can oh. talk about. Um, <laughs> the story is, um, so me and my now wife, spoiler alert, um, went to New York. I had the ring. I bought the ring maybe like two months before. Uh, made sure I put it in my backpack rather than my suitcase because I was like, "What? What? You know, absolutely, what is going to happen is my suitcase is going to get lost. I'm not going to have the ring. I'm not going to be able to propose." Mm-hmm. So then we uh, get off the plane, get into an Uber, drive to the Airbnb. I leave my backpack in the back of the taxi with the ring in it, which then drives off. You are joking. So I then can't tell Jen why I'm so bothered about the bag. <laughs> Don't like, I, I try and get the Uber. Like, so luckily it was Uber because I had mm. like the driver's details. I leave my voicemail. The next day, Jen was like, What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I was like, I want to get my fucking bag back. Yeah, what, um, what do you want to do? Why, why are you crying? Is it the emotion of New York? Yeah, I'm just overwhelmed totally. by the high buildings. So, like, 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 we had this sort of day planned and I was just going around just being a grumpy piece of shit thinking that like so if you are going to propose today she's going to think do i want to spend the rest of my life with this fucking awful person (laughs) then the uber driver calls me back and says should we meet here and i was like amazing great got the ring about to propose to my wife turn to her and she gets down onto one knee and proposes to me and she'd been planning it at the same time but she hadn't lost the ring (laughs) oh my god so so so, so you were, you did a double. You both double lunged at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a sort of high intensity workout in the park. That's fucking <laughs> amazing. That is so delightful. And uh, did had she twigged the reason you were stressed is because you'd put the ring left the ring in the back of an Uber. Uh, no, I don't think so. Like, but we then sort of went to a bar. Um, no, we tried to go into a certain bar and they wouldn't let me in because I wasn't wearing a jacket. I was like, I don't care, mate, got fucking engaged. Um, <laughs> and then we went to another cocktail bar, got shit-faced and basically sort of had a debrief of like, how was yours? How was your proposal? How was my proposal? <laughs> it was really lovely. And then I did a show about it in Edinburgh in 2016. And then uh, I used um, the ring that she got me as a, as a prop. Like when, when people came in, it was like a spotlight was on the ring box. Yeah. Um, and then one day packing up the show, I was legging it to a friend's show and left that ring in the back of an Edinburgh taxi and oh never God. got it back. I mean, it is literally like the ring from Lord of the Rings. It doesn't <laughs> want to be with you. <laughs> Absolutely, I know. So my wife had to like... Um, so I didn't wear an engagement ring. It's, it seems like it was me trying to get out of it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, 2015 then. Hello, 2015. Here we are. No kids as yet at this point. Is that true? That is true. We are... True. Yeah, no kids, no pregnancies, just engaged. Mo- oh, trying but- to move out of a... Um, uh, shared house into our own flat in London. Nice. Okay. Uh, so we've got things like oh, this is nice. Look, a milestone camping uh, AC electric air pump. Now that's either to go camping with, or I'm going to suggest to blow up an inflatable bed. That is the inflatable bed, which probably one of our mothers was staying on in our new flat. I reckon. Oh, classic. Well, classic. we're not the kind of people to give up our our own bed, but you can. No. But but but, Mum, close to retirement, you can sleep on the floor. <laughs> you've you've worked a hard life. Get on the floor. Walk get up on... these four flights of stairs without a lift, <laughs> and sleep on get, the floor. Get on, the, and then when you wake up, look after my children. Yes. Well, that's very much still to come. Um, all right, so 2015, starting to settle down. 2016. Now, look, 
I'm going to suggest 2016 is when the baby arrived because we go 2015. There's like 10 orders over the year. 2016, 48 orders. Is that right? Uh, so 2016 would be no buying. So moving into our own, like we so we bought a shared ownership flat in London. So this would be like move, like ah. actually owning a house for the first time, which probably meant we had to get loads of like what one of the first unfurnished places. Yes. Um, okay. I but, see. But also we did get pregnant in. My son was conceived in May 2016. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's go. Let's let's look at the detail of this. Hang on. Well, look, uh, Robin. March 2016. You bought the clear blue digital ovulation hey, test kit. Hey, there we go. Pack of ten. There you go. There we, they came in so, handy. So those were used. Uh, those were deployed. They in weren't May. used. Jen used them. They weren't a used item when they arrived. <laughs> <laughs> let's piss on these tests. I'm so I'll, purchased three times. You bought these, yeah. So, well, um, it took a, it, it. We got pregnant on the third month of trying. Okay, all right, okay, not bad. It's, That's it's, pretty good, it, isn't it's it? It's very, very good. Very lucky. I just want to see if there's reviews. I've got distracted now. Yeah, you can write reviews of this product. This is Super so fascinating accurate. to kind of like find out my history through. It's like it's such a good idea for a podcast. This it's so Thanks, interesting. Mate. Thanks, mate. I mean, it, what's annoying is that, uh, and what's lovely is that almost every episode, I mean, certainly last two weeks, Jen Brister did it, Nick Helm said it, halfway, Kerry Godleman was really like, just spent most of the podcast going, this is an amazing idea. And and obviously, I'm like, I'm thrilled, but at the same time, annoyed because it was my wife's idea. Well, she's a very clever lady, Tom. Oh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the sooner you uh, understand that, the better. Yeah, I know. I've, got, I've, I've worked it out. I, I remember on your... Um, I'm sure we talked about this, but do you know that on your Wikipedia page it says you invented Wogan's Perfect Recall? <laughs> no, it says that she did. No, I'm sure it says that you did. No, it says that it says that I'm married to Beth Morey, who invented Wogan's Perfect Recall, which oh, is true. Right. She did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. T- I haven't taken the credit for Wogan's Perfect Recall. I don't know whether someone has edited it to take out is married to Beth Morey. <laughs> uh, maybe. Hang on, I haven't looked at my own Wikipedia. This is supposed to be about you anyway, not me, for God's sake. But I'm now checking. Uh, yeah, but I think. Um... I'm sure it says that because I always found that very, very funny. Uh, yeah, are... it does. He is married to producer Beth Murray, most noted for being the crea- creator of hit Channel 4 quiz format Wogan's Perfect Recall and for portraying Andy Davidson in Torchwood. No, she didn't portray Andy Davidson in Torchwood. That's weird. Um, that's a shame. I thought, <laughs> sorry. No, no. What's weird about this is that um, my wife is now slightly more well-noted uh, than being the creator of Channel 4 quiz format Wogan's Perfect Recall. Um, would you like to check again? <laughs> oh, God. Um... <laughs> Tom Price is most noted for being the creator of hit Channel 4 quiz format Wogan's Perfect Recall. You're, welcome. Welcome. You're very, very welcome. Let's leave it. Let's leave it there. Congrats, pal. Thanks, mate. I, I did really well out of that. Show me I can't get any more series commissioned. Can't work out why they won't recommission that. Hey, anyway, I think um, I think this podcast that you created the idea of is also very, yeah. very good. This is really sweet, though. Look at this. So the reviews of um, the Clear Blue ovulation test. You know they do a thing where Amazon pick out the most used words and phrases over the course of all the different reviews. Oh, and right. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those sort of paintings you can get off... Uh from B&M Bargains where you sort of <laughs> if you see these things that you can put in like all your favourite words and it gives you like a big sort of art splash of all the words no I've not seen that that's an amazing idea mm, it's nice um, well it is that yeah and what's really lovely is um, it's got things like get pregnant fingers crossed good luck 
Got a smiley, trying for a baby, waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that I mean it does it does sum up the entire experience of it. Because those are ovulation tests rather than pregnancy tests, so it's like piss on this and then it'll tell you when's the best time to shag. I think that that's I think that's their tagline on the back of the box. I'm gonna get I'm gonna review it on your behalf, do you mind? No, go Overall for it. Rating, I'm not sure if I've ever stars. reviewed anything on Amazon. Well, it's about to begin your career as an Amazon review. Accuracy, five oh, stars. Thanks, easy to use, five stars. Easy to read, five stars. Um, add a headline. Um, smashed it. Piss sticks. <laughs> Piss sticks. Piss sticks. <laughs> I think. Okay. Uh, write your review. I was going to say. Um, really fun to use. Uh, my wife had a go to. Nice, perfect. Tricky to sell on after use, though. Hit me up on Facebook Marketplace. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Here we go into 2017, and then the madness of the child begins. In 2017, uh, you bought 61 things on Amazon over the course of the year. Vasectomy, vasectomy, vasectomy. (laughs) You sold your balls in a jar. (laughs) Um, Electric breast pump. Yes. That's that's for you, or did you lactate? Because it does happen. That's a a sharing present. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been, um, was it a Modelo one? Medella, mm, yeah, sure. That's, that's good. That. That's good. That's uh, we've we've just been. Uh, I think we've just put that away recently for uh, for the second one. So these things have uh, have a good have a good shelf life. Yeah, when they they get you. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully put away forever, or maybe a third. Maybe you're going. No, to go... no. The, 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 I was genuinely going to have a vasectomy this year, but now I feel like I can't go to the NHS during this pandemic and say, "Can you cut my dick off, please." <laughs> Okay, first things first. I don't think a vasectomy is removal of the penis. No, that's what that's what I want. Oh, oh you want the full thing taken off? Oh, <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Fine, okay. Belt and braces. Um, <laughs> just get in there, get rid of it. So Robin Morgan will be transitioning. Well, we've got our headline from the podcast today. There that's ideal. Go. Good to know. Um, yes, I, if you don't, you're doing two and out as well, are you? Because we've done that. Two, two and done, yeah, for sure. Yeah. there was a, a, The way I told Beth we were doing that was by when Edmund was old enough to go out of the cot, I smashed the cot to pieces. Oh, so nice. Okay, good. Very clear. Never, never Fair. again! I'm sure that was a, a lovely... <laughs> yes, a very, a very powerful statement. <laughs> um, oh, look, here it is, February 2017. We get this every time there's a parent. The Sleepyhead Deluxe Pod. 75 quid for a cushion. Yeah, we very nearly bought the uh, the £200 version last week for my daughter. Because she's, oh. she's, we just thought, if we can just kind of essentially force her to stay still in the night maybe oh, that'll work no. but we but we did thought that maybe 200 pounds for something wouldn't that might not work it was a silly silly idea but you do try and solve and I, I do worry about some of these products because they are people have we're so vulnerable and mad when we have kids that don't sleep we if someone said 300 quid it's a usb stick and you pop it in and all your kids will go to sleep straight away i'd spend 300 quid on it like i would absolutely do it well, you gave us a, a little, um, like a cheat sheet of items that we should get. That I think your wife wrote. You, you said yeah, she does the writing to... in this house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the ideas, right? Mm-hmm. True story. <laughs> um, so we we basically followed that to the letter, and then you gave us things as well, like that sort of that next to you crib. Do you remember? God, I'm coming across really, or we're coming across really well in this podcast. Good, I'm This glad. is a great advert for Tom Price. Oh, look, Durex Pleasure Me Ribbed and Dotted Condoms. 
Dun. So, so that would be uh, Jen uh, still breastfeeding, which obviously is kind of like contraception, but almost mm. certainly isn't. Uh, and that was very much a we are not getting pregnant yet. <laughs> hold, hold, take that. Yes, okay, good. That is, that um, is those are my moves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's dirty talk for Robin. <laughs> hold, hold. Um, ribbed and dotted though, nice. Uh, d- dotted? What? Just is that just a decoration? Yeah, Doc Cotton's face on them. <laughs> <laughs> Helps you me go need... longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forget extra thick condoms. Just slap a picture of Doc Cotton on it, and you will go for hours. You got the Doc Cotton and the Pat Butchers. That's what you got. <laughs> do you think back on 2017 as a as a happy year? You must do when all the 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 child owning begins. Yeah, it was that, and then also I started working at Radio Four for a year, so that was like the most sort of yes. adult adult year of my life because I actually had like a proper job for a year. Um, you were smashing it out of the park. You got the um the Radio Four bursary thing, didn't you? The bursary, yeah. So as soon as I came back from Edinburgh in 2016, I I think I came back to London on a Monday, and on the Tuesday I started work. And then uh, had four months working there. My son was born. Then had two weeks paternity leave, which is a self-employed person is absolute bonkers. Mm, um, gotcha. And then had another six weeks of writing jo- jokes about Brexit with two hours <laughs> sleep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But again, there's the danger with that bursary thing of the um, staying in someone's house before moving back into your own. It's like you get an amazing year where you're like, oh, I've got a job and it's just great and there's people and suddenly I'm self-employed and oh, holy shit, all over again. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was, it was, it was. Um, I think because they gave me an extra month at the start and an extra month at the end, so I feel like I was ready to. Luckily, had other jobs afterwards, and I was kind of moonlighting a little bit at Radio Four, where occasionally I'd be like, "Can I leave an hour early today?" Because I was going to do warm up on blind dates, so I used to turn up in a suit to write in the office <laughs> and then go and sort of just like float with Paula Grady for a couple of hours. So it was, oh, it, that, wow. that was that was a mint year actually. Twenty seventeen was really really good. Warm up on blind date. What a gig! It was. I found. It, I found it really hard. I got replaced after a while, but I went on on as a writer instead because, like, warm up for certain shows, as you know, like stand up, like comedy shows, is basically just a gig, isn't it? It's just. It's just. Yeah, you just do stuff. Well, doing doing. Have I got news for you? You're going to do a bit of chat, do a bit of stand up, and you're good because the audience are expecting gaggedy gag gag gag. Yeah, totally. And with Norton, it's just chat because they've come to see a chat show and it's like they're already excited because they're at, they're finally in the Graham, Graham Norton show. Everyone knows the easiest gig in the world is warm up for Graham Norton, right? Everyone in the comedy world, I should say, knows that the easiest gig in the world is Graham Norton warm up. You go on, you have an audience who adore the fact they're there, they can't believe they're there. You do about six minutes, most of which is, oi oi, woohoo! And then on comes Graham Norton and you leave or you get to stay and hang out in the green room. It is a sweet dreamy gig. Maybe not so much for Blind Date? Uh, Blind Date, I think, was harder because um, the audience was older. They were very, we miss Scylla, you know? And you were like, we haven't got Scylla, Um, (laughs) which is a bit strange. But also, as a show, it's a bit more end of the pier. So like yes, that's a, yes. So, okay. so, so the warm up for who 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 did it for the for the two series after that, um, is really good. But would sing songs and do like silly right. games and things, which isn't really my style. Um, no, you you've got you do um, puppetry the penis stuff, don't you? Get I do. Out. Yeah, yeah. I get I get yeah. Dot Cotton out, and I uh, <laughs> I do a windmill with Dot. 
Um, all right, let's have a look over here in uh, April 2018. Uh, Robin Morgan, the man of many side hustles, we now know. He's doing warm-up, he's writing, he's a brilliant stand-up comic um, on the circuit. You've bought CJ, the autobiography of <laughs> CJ... Uh, what, how do you say that surname? CJ C- Demui. C- CJ Demui. Demui. My journey from the streets to the screens. Tell us about CJ Demui. So CJ Demui is uh, one of the eggheads, one of the, I think, original egghead quizzes on the TV show. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I was on Eggheads in 2010 with my university uh, newspa- student newspaper team. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, well, I'm not sure if you're aware of the show, but basically um, whoever wins, it's like a series of heads to heads. And then in the final round, however many of the quizzes face, how many, of, how, however many of the contestants, all my team lost. So I was versus all five of the Eggheads. And I took it to sudden death <laughs> and then yeah. lost and very nearly won £23,000. Oh, shit. That's the prelude to it. I found something in the studios after we lost, which was a CD recorded by one of the eggheads by Chris Hughes, who's the sort of, he's the guy who looks like he loves trains because he loves trains. (laughs) Right. Um, And the CD was um, uh, called I I Should Have Known Better. And it's apt because it's all covers, including Afro Man, Because I Got High. Oh and my god! It's, it's the most amazing thing. So I did this show about. Well, I, I ended my first half-hour Edinburgh show with it in 2015. Yes. yes. And I saw that CJ was doing a book signing across the road. So I went and said, "By the way, I'm talking about Eggheads in my stand-up show. You should come along." He came to see it. I saw his. <laughs> I saw his. We went out for a drink afterwards. I saw his play that night that he was directing and producing and and acted. And then uh, I I never bought the book on the day. But then I, A, thought I should, and B, it kind of got into the press a little bit that a passage in the book was quite sort of uh, controversial in terms of, I think there was a, a suggestion that when he lived in Holland, he pushed a homeless person into a canal. Um, <laughs> what? He, he denies it. And I should be very, very, like, we're Facebook friends, me and CJ. <laughs> yeah. So, but he's courted controversy a bit, hasn't he, every now and again? Yeah, I think so. And I think it was like, on Eggheads, he was sort of like the bad boy. Um, mm. which, I th- which I think, you know, he's, he's a very intelligent man. He was always very nice to me. Um, so I bought the book in case I ever wanted to do the stand-up about the whole thing. Like, I've got pictures of him on the phone of him. We played chess in the, in the bar afterwards, my show, and he beat me in nine moves. <laughs> Oh, so he has got a brain on him. He's incredible. He's incredible. Wow. Um, So, uh, Robin Morgan, look look at this. Look how you're brushing with the stars. So far, we found out, you know, you're a breeder. You're not Silla Black, but you can play chess with CJ Damui. It is amazing. Thank you for summing up the first 29 years of my life (laughs) in the way that I would have wanted. That's what I want to do. All right, now, before we finish uh, today's episode of My Mate Bought a Toaster, uh, what we're going to do is go for the last few months, okay, and have a look and see what you've been buying. Now, obviously, there's a lockdown theme here, so that helps. You can, anything's forgivable. Um, Although a bit weird that on the 15th of May, uh, you've bought a Wales flag. Um, you've you've moved back to wales i have moved back to wales and as is as is law here you all (laughs) when uh when we come out of lockdown we need to raise the flag high so this was for a um uh, an online charity gig i was doing and i uh used it to to drape behind me during the show forgot to do it uh so it it sat next to me throughout the entire recording but then after the show we had a big debrief of all the people involved and i draped it around my shoulders like i was gareth bale and just won the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite right too. But at least you've got that now. It means you are allowed to stay in Wales. Yeah, so you exactly. sort of bought your passport. 
And when you go out on the streets of Wales, you either go out naked or you wear that. I so, can use that you know. as a face mask, so it's fine. Yeah, that's true, actually. They'll be, oh God, that's only a matter of time, isn't it? That's only a matter of time. Um, okay, let's see what else you bought in the last few weeks. A round waste paper basket bin. Yeah, mate. Hmm. I'm, I'm looking at it now. It, need, it needs taking out. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, so I've just moved into, so three weeks into lockdown, we moved house. Mm. Um, so a lot of the stuff. You've just bought loads of bins. You've just bought a Brabantia sort and go food waste caddy. You've bought a 80 litre capacity outdoor waterproof garbage rubbish bin. And you've bought a waste paper basket bin. It's been it's been big on bins, mate. It's been big on bins. But the thing is we've come we've come from like a small flat in London which we couldn't sell. So I kept some stuff there for in case a tenant ever moves in. So then yeah. when we moved back to Cardiff, we had nothing. So it was like mm. starting from scratch, which is nice because it means that we don't have like the IKEA furniture I've had since I was like a spermatozoa. Yes. But it does mean that like, and this is the thing with lockdown though, like so many, because Amazon wasn't delivering, like I didn't regard myself as kind of like a vulnerable person. So I wasn't trying to, I was trying not to use Amazon so other people could yeah. use Amazon. Yeah. Um, so our, but then there are only so few places that are open to get stuff. Yeah, so, I know, I know. So I haven't actually used it. Like, have people used Amazon more in lockdown than, than me, or am I quite high up? Uh, people have used it loads more. In the last yes. couple of weeks, I think, in the first, don't worry about it, no need for guilt. In the first three or four weeks, we hardly used it at all for that exact reason, uh, for that sense of, no, it's wrong, and also didn't really want um to put anyone at risk as well in terms of drivers getting near the kids or anything and blah and then the last three weeks or so it's just been like business as usual fuck that shit prime 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 i'm prepared to take that risk i need some vitamins on prime now go yeah i think it'd be very interesting to see uh argos there's an argos in the the big sainsbury's bias which is now our closest shop so that Mm. has been used a lot the click and collect there so if there's ever an argos based spin-off podcast then oh i'll I'll absolutely do that thank you very much well i've got to wait for beth to have the idea before i do that i'll text her i'll text her robin morgan i've really really enjoyed uh, doing this episode with you because i know you well but i feel like i know you even better now which is good apart from the dot condom incident is a really good we've got a good level of intimacy now i like that i feel like that's exactly what we would have talked about years ago mate. i'm surprised that <laughs> you, you weren't helping me purchase them yeah that's true you can just borrow my dot condoms um <laughs> The final item that I want to leave you on and leave everyone with the image of Robin Morgan, this this uh, guy who's, you know, started out moving in with his girlfriend, uh, having nearly gone to tooting. Wow. That was, that was close, wasn't it? The, the man who nearly went to tooting. That's what we could call this episode. <laughs> Um, uh, but he stay. He he stuck. He he rolled the dice and he stuck. And now here he is. He's back in Wales um, with this beautiful uh, kids, wonderful wife. And he's bought on the fourteenth of April the Tree Bud Kids TP Play Tent. And it feels, Robin, I've just got this image of leaving you in your tent with your children. Uh, maybe the flag there. Maybe you're rubbing the flag in your children's faces to teach them about <laughs> aggressive nationalism. I don't know. Uh, that tent is wicked. I love the mm-hmm. tent. It's so good. Although, as you can probably see by all the pictures, it suggests there's a floor mat included. And there, oh. and there absolutely isn't. Oh, mate, I, do you know what? We should, we should write a review because I look at that and I just think lovely. the floor mat is what makes it. I, uh, I, I almost did. <laughs> and okay. then realised that a lot of people have also complained about that. So I thought, leave them be. Leave them be. Overall rating then, out of five stars, what would you give it? Uh, I'd say four... Easy to assemble out of five? 
I found it really easy. Yeah, but there, but I, I, I took it down the other day, and there's yes. there's a little sort of cog in it, which I don't know where it goes, and now it just occasionally drops, and it's made of wood and metal. So it just occasionally oh, drops on our heads. It's nice to have a bit of jeopardy when you're in a tent. A bit of um, yeah, um, sturdiness out of five. Oh, it's very sturdy, Tom. Five. Quality of material. Oh, I mean, yes. this is obviously <laughs> this is the tent, not your stand-up. A lol. Thanks, Tom. Uh, it's uh, it's it's very strong, mate. Five. Five. Okay, so you've been very nice here. They've uh, had a headline. What's most important to know, Robin? About the tent, or just in life? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> About the tent, please. Uh, no floor mat. No floor mat. Um, is Matt spelt with a double T, or is that the person Matt? Or I just. Uh, if you could put no floor, comma M A double T. Yeah, no floor, comma, and I'll give air, M a capital. Yeah, no yeah floor, that'd be Matt. nice. And I'm going to say hi, Matt. Hi, <laughs> Matt. Um. I love this tent, but loathe, loathe, yeah, the lack of mat action. Lack of mat action. Okay, um, you're maybe si- something. Just, you're sincerely, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Matt, Matt, sincerely, Matt. It's really nice. It says your view hi matt i love this tent but loathe the lack of matt action you're sincerely matt yeah i think that's fine oh that's really nice what a lovely note to leave this on um robin morgan thank you so much for doing my mate uh bought a toaster and um you know you have you've exposed yourself you've exposed your shopping listery and we have discovered you are a good person so congratulations thank you i was very very nervous but i think i've come out of that quite well now robin uh most important part of all of course what where can we find you please what how do i my listeners come and hunt you down uh i'm on all the big socials uh facebook instagram myspace bebo uh (laughs) club penguin Amazon, just Amazon. browsing, yeah, yeah, browsing yeah. for product just, friends. Just let me know, and I'll give you my password, and you can go through it. Um, <laughs> so I am Robin uh, J Morgan, the letter on mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook, and then Robin J A Y Morgan on Twitter because there is one person who has that who looks oh. a bit like me, and once got, oh. once got me cancelled from a gig in Edinburgh because he replied to the sort of the running order saying, "Nah, I can't make it," and they pulled me off the bill. No, you're joking. Yeah, yeah I was really annoyed. <laughs> Right. That, I mean, it's annoying, but also superb trolling. Yeah, yeah really from, good work. I, I, I've, yeah. I've offered, I've sent him a message before saying, "Can I have your account, please?" I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get. Has it. he replies? Yeah, yeah. He's like, "What? What's in it for me?" I was like, "Oh, I don't know." Oh, maybe a gig in Edinburgh. I yeah, maybe. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can do set list without doing a gig before in his life. <laughs> how much can you legitimately sell your name for on Twitter? Do you think? I don't know. I reckon like people are willing to spend like thousands on getting a blue tick, aren't they? And getting verified. It's madness. Oh please. Oh god. No, don't do that. That be that would be crazy. I give him. I'd offer him ten pounds. See what happens. Okay. Yeah. I will. Okay. Let me know what happens when you next come on my mate bought a toaster. Um, Robin, thanks for coming. Absolute pleasure to talk to you. All the best. Lots of love. Kind regards. Thanks. Bye. The wonderful Robin Morgan. I really like him. What a nice. Ni- I was about to say nice boy, but that's patronising. It's true. He's very young. Um, thanks for listening. You know this bit, don't you? Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming. All the best. And I'll be back next week with some more wonderful people. And uh, yes, I'm, I'm keeping with the stay safe and stay well. I hope you're all doing okay. Um, and the releasing of lockdown is going okay. And you've filled your group of six with some excellent people. Um, so yeah, I don't know what that means. Um, lots of love. See you soon. Bye now. I love the good of baby, I don't want you for the rest of my day.
rule of three. Where people who make funny stuff talk about something funny that they love. Because I remember as a kid thinking that's a really good old-fashioned gag, but it's also nasty. The actual VHS, this is clearly sufficiently important to me that this went to house moves as well. There is that, that joy and that slight fear as well about who's going to say what. Everything from airplane to bottom. From when Harry met Sally to the Muppets. Trying is good, aiming high is good, being ridiculous and not being afraid of failure is, is good. I think that joke is so fucking funny. Again, I just think this is hysterical. It's beautiful stuff. Rule of three from Great Big Owl. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.